Hello, welcome to Thrallers. I'm joined once again with Chris Reynolds. How you doing, Chris? I'm very well, Al. Uh, glad to be here yet again. Um, fingers crossed we can friggin' get this volume right today. Uh, <laughs> my bad, everyone. I'm taking full responsibility for the janky volume last week, but fingers crossed we got something janky but working this week. <laughs> janky but working. That's, that's what we're going for. That's our sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, we had a ratings update yesterday, right? Yeah, correct. Which is always interesting times. How did you fare? Second Tuesday of every month, I sit by my laptop and wait for the American time zone to catch up. They're behind in a few ways, the Americans, and they're behind (laughs) in time zone. Just hitting refresh constantly. Yeah, just, you know, and I figured out, like, if you log into the PDJ page, sometimes it comes through a bit sooner, and so I'm, like, (laughs) logging in. I don't even know what that does for me, but... I'm trying anyway. Uh, yeah, I did all right. I got a uh, a plus three, so I got a plus, something in the plus column. I'm now up to uh, nine five six. Keeps me. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. My big headed thing is I'm always just looking at the uh, top rated players in Australia, mm-hmm. and I, I want to be on slide one, um, which is twenty five people on the slide, and I'm on slide one. So I'm yes. happy to be there. Very nice. And- How about yourself? How'd you go? Uh, no movement whatsoever. Uh, it turns out when you like average your rating three or four tournaments in a row, uh, it doesn't go anywhere. Mr. Consistent. (laughs) I do like that you've been calling me that because that's, uh, that's been your nickname for a very long time. And I'm, I am by far the opposite of that traditionally, but yeah, having a, having a sneaky look in this year has been been very consistent for me let's not say it's been great but it's been very consistent i've uh, stayed very close to my rating in uh yeah a lot of the tournaments this year so i'm, I'm not mad at that uh, and that matters that matters um and, you know it definitely works out in your favor being consistent um and yeah it's uh working for you <laughs> if you get you like the next update if you keep uh if you shoot a few rounds above your rating and one that's a bit janky the the janky one won't count yeah which is very handy i do like that uh so you looked into that for me because we started talking about that stuff and uh you're the math whiz here so you were looking into standard deviations right because that's how we decide how many of your rounds get booted how many of your trash rounds like how far away from your average exactly Uh, and you said what it's Ooh, all of, it's yeah, yeah it's all evaluated but it's just a question of whether or not it's counted and you said mine now is at 31 yeah it works out to be at thir- uh, 31 and which is shorter than yours which there's no way that's been historically yeah the case. so at one stage when I first started looking at this someone pointed out like I had some rounds that weren't counted and I was like I'd already been playing the game for eight years, to be honest. And I was like, okay, what does all this mean? And that's when I realized that they don't count rounds if they're more than two and a half standard deviations away from your rating. Or if it's 100 points below your rating, which means it balances out. Once you've got a standard deviation of 40 or more, you're the same, you're equal with everyone else that has that standard deviation. If it's more than 100 below your rating, it doesn't count. But there's a few players on the circuit, like yourself, that have a standard deviation less than th- uh, less than 40. So anything that's 77 points away from your rating won't count. Um, so it's pretty significant. Like th- there's a 23-point buffer there um, that you don't have to worry about. 
I do like that. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. Yeah, well... Um, and yeah, yeah like, like I was saying, I've looked into a bunch, um, and there's a bunch of us with a rating over 40. Um, Ooh. Um, uh, with, sorry, with a standard deviation over 40. Um, and I think most players would, yeah, fall into that category. Um, Daz, Daz being one of them. He... And... <laughs> And um, Daz, I'm, I'm sure he's listening. He, his standard deviation and my standard deviation are only separated by one point at the moment. Mine's 41, mm. he's 42. So um, we've blown right out there. <laughs> yeah, that's not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's got me uh, thinking. I'm hoping that uh, I can claim something and I might be Melbourne's most consistent player somehow. But... Uh, we're looking for some other people, some audience participation, who you think might be more consistent than myself. So who is Melbourne's Mr. Consistent? And I don't want to see no four rounds. Oh, look at this guy. He shot four rounds that are exactly the same. What do we reckon? Like 12, 15? Uh, yeah, yeah, 12 to 15. Looking at um, Kale, Kale's a good example. Kale's had 10. Rounds, his standard deviation is 22. That's insane. Um, he's, if it's more than 55 points below his rating, it does not count. He's got a 903 rated round, a 903 rated round that is not included in his rating because <laughs> it's too That's low. Insane. He has shot up the Australian leaderboard. He is uh, comfortably above me on the Australian leaderboard uh, because, yeah, he's got rounds like 903 not counting. To put that into perspective, I have an eight six seven counted. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so consistency is key there, folks. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not counting Cal. Ten's not enough for mine. Yeah. So we need uh, some other suggestions. I think a Chris Scott would be a good one Ooh. Uh, to look have... into. That that would be my nomination. Uh, there's no way I'm more consistent than him, but uh, we'll see. But for now, until we figure it out. <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, I'm Mr. Consistent. So I'm if you guys know your standard deviations, then check them out. Uh, hit us them up with what you've got. And uh, if you don't, then just give us some suggestions and Chris will figure it out for you. Wicked. I'm just going to do a couple of shout-outs. Please Chilling, do. I'm, I'm on leave. I've looked into a few players. So I've Lovely. got a couple of shout-outs there for you. Brennan Venton does not meet our criteria. Brennan Venton has a standard deviation of 26. Um, pretty good. Someone who does meet our criteria, the man, the myth, the le- legend, John Cranstoon, standard deviation of just 24. Wow. Well, there you go. He's got a, he's got me well covered. Um, but I've dug a little deeper, and I didn't look up Chris Scott, and it'll be interesting to see. And I, I know he loves his numbers, and I know he listens, so he'll be able to tell us what his is. But I've got I've got the Bald Hill Bully. Oh, Aiden. Yeah. What's what's he at? Have a stab. What do you reckon his standard deviation oh. is? Well, you said 24 or something for John, right? 26. It's yeah, 24, be... 24 for John. It's got to be bloody hard to beat that. There's no way he's cracked 20, so I reckon 22. 17. What? Yes, seventeen. <laughs> All right. So, and I'm 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 reaching back into my maths here, but um, I feel like in any sort of um, number set, right? Yeah. Fifty percent 
of all the data falls within one standard deviation of the mean? 68%. 68%. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. To more than two-thirds. More than two-thirds. So 68% of all his rounds are within 17 points of his rating. 100%, yes. That is disgusting. Well, I'm yeah. nowhere even near that. Yeah. So, all right, and, that's going to be... And 95%. <laughs> 95% are within two. So 95 are within 34 of his rating. <laughs> That's gross. All right, yeah. well, there you go. Uh, uh, beat that, people, but uh, good bloody luck. <laughs> Aiden Howard is Melbourne's Mr. Consistent. All right. I wonder how many listeners we've lost in that uh, little section there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, we might gain a couple back here. So you talking about that first page of uh, PDJ ratings yes, and how you're proudly on it and you said that Kale has shot above you. Yes. Uh, what else have we got? We got some other good Melbourne crew shooting up that list. Um, I've just, I've got to, I've got to refresh my page. Oh, I've, sorry. I, I jumped out. I jumped out. Well, I, uh, yeah, go the on. ones that brings me to mind, I don't know if he's made it yet or not, but uh, Leo Dykes has just been out of control, hasn't he? Uh, yes. So he's like nine four two now. I okay. don't think that gets him onto that page. Um, the page bottoms out at. Let's have a little look. See here. Page bottom out at nine five five. Okay. Ryan, yeah. dear, make it up there now. Uh, no, no, no. In uh, in a turn of events, Leo Dykes is higher rated than Ryan Deer. Aha, love that. Yeah. They're, they're both at uh, Ruffy Social this weekend, so they can sort it out there. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay, I thought there might have been a bit more up there than than we thought. So just KO making his, his debut. Yeah, you've got like, what, what else worth uh, mentioning? Um, Paddy Robinson back into the 970s. Um, not a Melbourneian, but uh, worth mentioning. Um, oh, Rubenberg. Rubenberg. Nice. No, 956. Yeah, and I want to say, um, this was remiss of me. I saw on his socials, he is now uh, top 10. I've got to get this right. Top 10 MP40 rated player in Oceania. Nice. After playing. After you know picking up a disc, like obviously you know big into ultimate, but you know new to the disc golf scene with a PDG number of one hundred seventy eight thousand, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and he and you will find him on that front page. Yeah, love that. Ah, yeah. goodbye, Rubes. Yeah. Well, we didn't have any social days this weekend with the long weekend in Melbourne, but uh, Ballarat did. And a lot of Melbournians flocked up there. Anything you saw that you liked? Uh, yeah, there was some good frisbee. It's the it was the advanced layout. Um, so anything um, under par, anything negative. Yeah, anything <laughs> negative is huge. Yeah. Two of two of their uh, two of the members went negative, and one non-member um, went negative. And so the two members that went negative went significantly negative. Nathan Parrish with a neg six and uh, uh, our mate Tim Bowen with a neg seven. Um, they've come in with metric ratings of 1,000 for Parrish and 1,013 for Tim. So um, Very that's, impressive. It, that's about right. Like, I don't think I've, I'm pretty sure I've never gone anything near minus six or minus seven on the blue. Nah, that's, 
Wow, that's so good. I, I, yeah, I think the first time I got under par on that blue layout is was the Vic Open. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been under par on it before, and I was one under. Um, very, very impressive. Timmy B birding two through seven. Yep, correct. And, and then just chilling out until thirteen and calling it a day. And the non-member, <laughs> the non-member to go under the card, Aaron Picanti, the last name that I keep on running into on this podcast. <laughs> he, <laughs> we see him too often. We got you. Got to get the phonetics back up so that oh, we can nail it next time. Um, no birdies on the front nine. Uh, three birdies on the back, uh, including hole twelve. The only birdie on hole twelve for the day um, that came in with an average dead on five, one over Big. par. Um, I reached out to him because, like, hole 12 eats my lunch casually, <laughs> tournament, regularly, all the time. I'm like, the birdie, I don't think I've ever birdied that hole. I'm pretty sure I've never birdied that hole. I was like, what do you mean you've birdied 12? Um, uh, 60 meter throw in. Oh, nice. Yeah. So <laughs> nice, nice work, Aaron. That's sick. Um, that is good. And definitely worth a mention. No, very good. Love that. Uh, but yeah, a bunch of amazies came out, Ash, Kyle, a bunch of people. So um, that was cool. None that's of a good turnout. Like, particularly that's actually, exciting, like, though. Yeah, 24 turnout for um, Ballarat's pretty big. Like, yeah. that's one of the bigger turnouts they've had. Uh, looks, no, look like what happens that. when Melbourne doesn't have a league day. <laughs> yeah, we we got to do something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, great, yeah, great work there by Aaron. And then, yeah, the man we were talking about before. Uh, John Cranston, even through there, it's very impressive. Yeah, it's a good shoot. A lot of birdies, just a few bows ruining his day. Correct. But, um, no, cool. But that wasn't uh, all that we had on the weekend, was it? Uh, yes. Before we move on, I, oh, sorry. I, 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 um, Riley Sanders, <laughs> we've talked about him on the pod before. <laughs> the Enigma. Uh, yeah, the Enigma. He shot plus four. I don't, I don't know. I just can't figure out if he's taking this game serious or not. Like, the kid can throw 280 metres. I, <laughs> I just can't imagine shooting over par if I could throw over 200 metres for fun. It's wild. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, what, are, what are we looking at? Whole, yeah, whole five. Yeah. Routinely puts it to the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Took, yeah, took a bogey on it today. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. I don't it's know. very, very strange. But I, it's, uh, I'm with you. I must admit, it's always one name that I look immediately for. Yeah. Because I just got to know. I'm like, what crazy shit did he eagle? And how bad was his score in the end? Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. You could, if you could get it together, the kid could be <laughs> absurd. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Melton had a little uh, throw together. Um, I think inspired by Brett Robbridge. That is a tongue twister, Brett. Um, <laughs> you know, noticing the gap on the um, calendar, thought and falling in love with Melton. Which the amount of feedback I get on the regular about um, the course at Melton is just awesome. Uh, and Brett's fallen in love with the place, and he just like, I think on the you know Thursday night was like, all right, let's do it, and you know that was good enough to get 16 people to rock up. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. He's just uh, popped another one up today, I think, too, for somewhere else. Yeah, no, I think or, he wants to do Melton again. Or maybe, yeah, cool. No, yeah. I love that. That's, we need to do more stuff like that. Just like, hey, let's all dick around together. Here's yeah. a metrics thing. Sign up. 
Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so, yeah, some big names. You got Seb Went, Sam Stoyer, uh, Buckets himself, the Weedners, Kyle Herb- Herbertson. Um, Penn was there, of course. He never misses a disc golf event. Um, Aaron, the guy that uh, got the um, the Purdy yeah. and Melton. <laughs> Our uh, mate Aaron, at, even at Melton. Yes. And two under at Ballarat Blue. Correct. <laughs> You are reading that that's, correct. That's a new disc golfer if I ever seen one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then obviously at the, a very familiar name for those that have been in the game for a while, uh, at the top of the leaderboard, uh, Josh Smith with a handy minus nine. Big. Yeah, it's pretty good. The back nine, like those who have played Melton, the front nine, it's all very gettable, but it's like, not they're not must gets because you've got to hit gaps and the back nine plays the same if not harder and so it'll be interesting when it, i know they're one of the goals is they just want to get the course rated so they can see what sort of metric trainings will pop out but i imagine minus nine's quite handy yeah i'd say so yeah uh, that's cool well we uh we had some wonderful feedback from our sponsors last week they were very happy with with uh what we gave them and we've had some new sponsors come in this week, and someone specifically wanted to sponsor the the recap, our weekly um, leagues recap. So, uh, who, who was our sponsor for the for the recaps there, Chris? Excellent. Um, I just excuse me as I read and read out their advert that they've provided, but here we go. So, introducing the ultimate disc golf accessory. The Bane Noculars, specifically designed for disc golfers. Our Bane Noculars feature high-quality lens and a powerful magnification, allowing you to easily spot your disc as it flies through the air, or maybe even spot your favourite disc golfer. Whether you're playing in the wooded course or on an open field, our Bane Noculars provide clarity and precision, giving you an edge in your game and an edge to your personality. Not only are our binoculars functional, but they're also stylish. The sleek design is perfect for any disc golf enthusiast looking to up their game. The lightweight construction and easy to use focus knob make them comfortable to hold and effortless to use. Upgrade your disc golf game with our binoculars today and start dominating the course like never before. Thank you, um, binoculars. Amazing, that's so good. Yeah, thanks binoculars for coming on board. Um, yeah, we, we love our sponsors, so thank, thank you for that. Um, huge, they're huge so, get. I'm going to look to get a set. I reckon they're going to take on Bushnell in the field, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely, 100%. So um, last week we talked about Sexton's streak coming to an end. And yes. because we don't really do much prep on this show, we did not know who was next. Correct. In line, but luckily our good friend Carl Herbertson hit us up with that info so we can share it all with you now. Who do you think, Chris, if you were to take a stab, uh, who do you think is next on the list? Right. So I do not know, but you've given me some clues because you started scrambling to find out how many total events this person might have played. A so, long-time player. Member since 2014. Member since 2014. Oh, that throws me. Okay. I was going to go with, like, someone like a Kyle Klein. Um, but just started playing just a little bit after me, actually. Six, six, eight for me, six, nine for them. So, it's been playing longer than someone like Kyle Klein. 
Uh, He's better than me, though. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, don't, don't know. I wanted to... Uh, think, think, uh, think Ash Wiener. Ashwin, oh, I know who it is. It is Joel Freeman. That it is. Yes. He has the longest cash streak on the disc golf tour at the moment. There you go. And How long Nate is it? Nate Sexton's was a handy, what, 240 odd? 264 or something crazy. 15 yeah. years, 264 <laughs> events. And <laughs> what do you think, Joel's been playing a while? Good player. Pl- yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, 12? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Uh, it is 54. Oh, that's good. It's good. KJ yeah. Nibo and Gannon Burr next on 36. Yeah. Uh, and it just it drops away real fast. 27. Like um, Paul McBeth on 18. He's not forward. He's like 10th or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's if Paul McBeth on 18 and he's in 10th, like, yeah. So 54, it's Is incredible. that a couple of years or is he into his third year? What's 54 events in years? In years, that is a question. Good question without notice. No, nah, that's fine. We'll see. This year, he is currently on 14. Uh, last year, he played 32. So he's so all, all the way through that. Yeah, so he's into his third year. Somewhere in 2021. Yeah. So let's just put this in a little bit of perspective just for how wild Nate Sexton's record is. So the next on the list, the guy who's got 54, which is miles ahead of second and third and fourth, has 199 career events. So Nate Sexton's streak is like 60 events longer than Joel Freeman's whole career. Wild. (laughs) Like it's it's insane. Like that's an untu- There's no way anyone gets close to that. So yeah, Papa Nate. That's he's he's got some things going for him, but that that's got to be his strongest strongest ever stat, I would think. Yeah, for sure. So thanks, Carl, for helping us out there and coming in with a little bit of research. Uh, the listener interaction is huge, and he's uh you know, somewhat keeping this potty alive. So thank you, Kyle. A hundred percent. We only do it because at least like four or five people are listening. Exactly. And uh, I guess this might be a good time to announce it, seeing as there's nothing actually official and we'll figure it out when we figure it out. But we were talking about doing a little Throllers Invitational Tournament. Yes. And the way we were going to figure out our invites was by people that we could tell were listening. So... If you've been interacting with us on social media and giving us ideas or feedback or voting uh, or just hitting us up saying, hey, you said my name wrong, um, <laughs> then you're a pretty hot candidate for uh, for the Throllers Invitational. So yeah. uh, I'm not sure when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen or whatever, but we're going to make something work sometime. So uh, yeah, we love it. Keep listening and please keep interacting just so that we know someone's actually out there. And we're not yeah, just, hope, uh, hopefully we get it uh, better organized than those hoodies that I tried to get together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're about to jump into our Bainey recap, but we actually had another sponsor that uh, specifically wanted to uh, be a part of the Bainey recap. Beautiful. So it's uh, 
Theirs is a bit more short and sweet than yours, but okay. thank you to Strike Bowling. Strike Bowling's come on board. And they say, it's amazing how much fun you can have with just a thumb and two fingers. So thanks, Strike Bowling. Uh, everyone get out to your local strike and uh, have some fun with your thumb and two fingers. Beautiful. That's a good get. You're, you're bringing on some big ones. Yeah, the big ones come to me. Yeah, the yeah. big ones come to me. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, the, or more the the more obscure ones seem to find seem <laughs> to find you. And yeah, if anyone has any companies they think would be a good sponsor for us, then um, let us know and we'll track them down. Beautiful. But Bainey, uh, you talked about it last week. Very astute coverage by you, noticing that the field was a lot more attackable for Bainey this tournament than the previous one because there wasn't 600,000 plus rated players. It was probably only 10 or 12. Correct. I said, you know, it's ripe for the picking. And what do you reckon? What, uh, do you think he picked it? I think he picked it. I think, I think so too. It. Yeah. Tie for six, lead card for second and third round on coverage with Paul McBeth and Scott Stokely and Jakub Semerad. I mean... That's very, very impressive. It's going to be the most impressive thing that any Australian disc golfer has done, yeah? Am Easy. I crazy? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, outside of obviously, we've got a couple of world champs yes. amongst this, of course. But from yeah, a big, big Brucey uh, boy being a, a world champ, and um, yeah, uh, Ryan Hart getting the doubles world championships. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, from a media perspective and from a. Uh, I don't know, like a presence perspective, um, that's huge. You know, um, Lee Card covered coverage um, by, I want to say, a mob called MGD Media or something like that. Um, yeah. We do a pretty good job. Um, yeah, that's huge. I'm just going to actually load up YouTube and see how many views um, the videos have had, actually, just out of interest. Mm. Um, but just, yeah, the whole tournament in, in, in general, so... 74 in the open field, which is huge. Um, not huge for like a the tournament, but massive for you know one of our tournaments. Uh, and yeah, coming sixth, but not it's not just the placement. Thirteenth place was even. Yeah. So Lucas sixteenth was eleven down. So Paul McBeth light is ahead at twenty nine down, and Jakob Semerad pretty sort of close, but. Uh, yeah, the 10th place was negged too, overall, over three rounds. So just incredible playing to get the uh, neg 11 overall. And yeah, super hot first round with neg 8, right? Neg, neg 8 first round? Yes. Ridiculous. There's six people in the whole tournament that managed to do that over three rounds. Yep, 10.55 so, rated. And then backed it up with a 10.33 rated. Yeah, which was cool. Like I, I watched that coverage. I thought he did well. Yeah, he did. Um, played a lot of really good shots and hit some good parts and just a little bit of nerves, I reckon, at the start. Like those first few holes that uh, are more gettable holes just didn't quite... Yeah, he missed a very, very short, uncharacteristic part. Um, something else, I can't quite remember. But yeah, could, could have easily had it back up to the neg eight again. Yeah. But I think that coverage, nerves, P. McBee being on there... But yeah, really pulled it together in that second round and very impressive. But the third round, not so much. 
No. <laughs> I mean, it was still still, still 980 golf. Uh, so on our scale, it's still pretty good. But it's yeah, on, definitely on yeah. on his. It's not where he needed it to be. And unfortunately, you know, he um, yeah, um, uh, Elias Lukanen, um, at the same time was shooting a 1086 rated round. Um, just <laughs> a cool 14 shots better than what Luke shot on the day. Um, and, yeah, just like he got leapfrogged by players such as that and um, got caught up by a couple others to, you know, put him down from from third to sixth. Yeah, so Elias was, uh, well, that must be four over, four under to get him to even, and then neg 12 final round. Yeah. Beating Paul Macbeth's course record of neg 10. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, the course is ridiculous. Uh, they, they, yeah, that that's super, super wild. Yeah, you only had 12 players go on. Yeah, like you see, only 12 players went under the card mm. in the field across three rounds. It uh, was tough. Um, but $575 cash, US cash. US cash. For Bainey, that'll help him with the travel. Yeah, for sure. And, he, and um, yeah, 32,000 people uh, have watched the front, uh, have watched the back nine. Of the final nice. round, and forty-four thousand have watched the front nine. Uh, forty-four thousand people. So, from a you know a media perspective, that's huge for an Australian disc golfer. That's forty-four thousand people that got to hear uh, MDG Media announcing as travelling in from New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was only when he played the bad round, though. He was, he was Australian when he, when yeah, he round, had his hot round. round. when he played respectable, they got it right. Um, <laughs> but the next day, they got it. They got it wrong. Makes sense, though. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's good. But so the only so six places, fantastic, and yeah, the other stuff, fantastic. But the only thing that really, like the really the dagger in the heart for that final round was uh, he he had a spot in the US DGC. He would have earned himself a spot had he held where he was. If he, if he ended up finishing third, uh, like he was coming into it, bang, US DGC, here we come. Now he's got to sort of figure it out some other way, I guess. Yeah, now he's got a few other Euro Tour events in front of him where he's going to have to podium. Like, that's got to be his goal. Uh, and I guess, like... We, you know, we've got some insider knowledge. We know that Luke's played in this park in Croatia uh, a few times before. He was familiar with the course. A couple of things going his way. So it's going to be hard for him to outperform this sixth position. But um, if he does, if he jags himself to podium, USDGC, here he comes. And that'd be huge. I've got, sorry, I'm just, uh, 100%. I'm just looking at my notes because I had a nice little stat. But I've... <laughs> um, like his third round, for anyone who hadn't seen it yet, watch it. It's definitely worth good uh, watching. That the whole thing is good. But basically, my note is, wind ate his ass up. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember watching it. It seemed like his angles were just off. Yeah. Like it. It was just a simple, yeah, simple little angle changes or something, or just maybe not quite reading it right. Was basically the only thing that really stuffed him. Uh, it wasn't horrendous, but it was yeah, just not not good enough. And that course is so tough that you have to be good enough. So, in seeing that, before we check out what he's got next, what do you, what is, in your opinion is Australia's hardest course? Ooh. As in, 
um, well, my definition basically of hardest course would be what would even rate at being the hardest, the highest. Um, Inverley Gold uh, is the first one that comes to mind. I've not played in WA. I wonder if there's like a gold layout at um, Mundarang or whatever it is, but Inverley Gold yeah. is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, me too. I didn't even look at Mundaring because uh, after I got the stats for Inverley, I was like, there's zero chance that it's harder. So what do you think even rates at Inverley? I checked um, what I do, the Nationals and something else. I can't remember. Um, and I, they even came out of about the same for both of them. Anywhere between 9.75 and 9.85. Yeah, so 9.73. Oh. Yeah, nine seven three is even. Yeah, so even at the course that Bainey just played was nine nine six. Nine nine six. Yeah. So for anyone who knows much about ratings, it's like seven or eight strokes, roughly. It works out to be depending on the situation, but on any sort of big course with a big field, it normally works out to be seven or eight. Yeah. So, what, that's three extra strokes yeah. harder? Am I doing my math yeah, right yeah, that? Yeah, about 21, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the course they just played is, yeah, on average, three strokes harder than Inverley Gold. Um, so, yeah, very, very impressive to be able to, to pull that off. To be 11 down with a plus two round. It's basically like going 20 down through three rounds at Inverley. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. Now, nah, well done by him. And just a, a good showing of the caliber of the courses that he, he's having to dick around with at the moment. <laughs> so, has he got another one coming up next week? He does this, this weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Every weekend, like, he'll, he'll have one. I think the Euro Tour just goes back to back to back. Uh, I think Love that. maybe he's in, is it Kono Piste Open this weekend? Um, yeah. Corner Piste. Yeah, that's it. Well I remember done. watching it last year. Yeah, it's the one with the castle in it. I think so. Yeah, beautiful place. Um, I think I see on the socials mustn't mustn't be far out of Prague, which is a phenomenal city. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I just had a look at it now. Yeah, he's just going to stop two, stop three, stop four, stop five, stop six. Yeah, yeah cool. And I'm interested to know your thoughts because there was a bigger tournament in Europe at the time. The Nokia Open, right? Yes. Uh, but Paul Macbeth chose to come to this. So the Nokia Open is not part of the European tour. Yes. Do you think that's a factor? Do you think he's sitting there going, you know what, I'm going to go over and I'm going to dominate this European tour? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say that um, there's more cash involved. And I'm also pretty confident that some of the Euro Tour events have like, um, they're a bit more linked in with um, even the Disc Golf, um, not Disc Golf Network, the Disc Golf Pro Tour as well. Like I think there's a bit more of a bit of a uh, bipartisan agreement going on there. But yeah, okay. the Euro Tour events, ET1 through to 10 or whatever they are, it's definitely more cash involved. And um, I think basically... I, at the Nokia, it might have only been Finns really playing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, not. I don't have it up now, but from what I saw, it wasn't wasn't much of that. I think Silver Light got it. Yeah. Mm. 
but over in the US, there wasn't much going on either. But they had the Zoo Town Open. Correct. Which netted some pretty interesting roles. Not in the FPO, Tatar showed up, so Tatar won. Correct. <laughs> but uh, in the MPO was pretty cool. What did uh, what did you see? Uh, a bunch of people who were not of legal drinking age in their home country um, <laughs> killing it. Um, here's some, a couple of things I noticed. All right, so Evan Scott got the W. Well done. Four-stroke victory. Um, he was going into the final round with a four-stroke lead. The final round got canned, so it ends up being a two-round event. So it's an asterisk. Jeremy Colling has an asterisk. A few people have an asterisk. Evan Scott now has an asterisk. Don't think he's going to have to worry about it too much. Um, <laughs> that kid has been popping off this year, 18-year-old, um, and he, he's got got some wins in his future. Ty Love, um, T3rd. All right, uh, Ty got a tie for third. Yeah. Um, also, 18-year-old, okay? Um, huge. Dallin Blanchard uh, ended up finishing um, T5th, right? He is their age combined, okay? Dallin Blanchard is 36 or thereabouts. Um, but, you know, we've got obviously the Bald Hill Bully. He is the, wherever this was, Bully, like whatever this state was or something like he apparently just does not tour um and i want to say uh yuli on a lesser known podcast called tour life um put the call exactly never heard of it um put the call out there pre-event and said down will pop off so someone i've never even hear this yeah i've never even heard of this (laughs) guy and um he's like yeah yeah he'll pop off and sure enough he did t5 Apparently he's 10, 10.30 rated. He is, 10.32 rated. Yeah, that's huge. So obviously, yeah, that doesn't happen by mistake, but he just doesn't to us. So, um, you know, you know, he's maybe he's like the James Proctors of the world. You know, he used to just pop yeah. up occasionally. If you come by his hometown, just get ready to get spanked. Um, oh, boy. I just had a – sorry. He's at 10.37. He just went up with his ratings. There you go. So <laughs> the – Treasure Valley Cup first, the Cat Fight at Bengal Ridge first, Snake River Championships first, yep. Ragnarok three first, <laughs> and then Town Open fifth. So yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's it. This this whole year, he's got four firsts and a fifth. Yeah, um, A tier, C tier, C tier, B tier, and then A tier with this Zootown. I'll have to uh, uh, keep that nice. keep that in the memory cap. But, you know, there's yeah, other, no- sure. like, another young name popping off, Jake Mon. Like, he's someone else who I think must be 18 or 19. Um, another top 10 finish for him. So, just the next generation of disc golfers, um, I think they're just going to take it to a different level. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. So, I'm just deep diving on this uh, Dallin Blanchard. <laughs> I love it so much. 70 career events and 44 career wins. There you go. <laughs> so, Last year, uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight wins, two seconds, and a fifth. <laughs> Doing plenty. Uh, love that. Forty thousand, uh, forty-one thousand career earnings. Um, just muck around in his backyard. <laughs> That's cool. That's so cool. I cool. love that. I wonder how many people like that are out there. Yeah, yeah, and I, like, I could, only, I couldn't watch much of it live, but I was. Um, watch a bit of round one and yeah he went eight through eight of the first eight holes 
And um, big. You got to see this course. This course is, um, you know, Polmina on steroids. Like you think Polmina's oh, on oh, a wow. hill, like just tilt it like another twenty degrees, and then you're getting <laughs> close to what this Zoo Town Open looks like. Like the the cliff nature of some of this is crazy. Um, and yeah, he just went eight through eight, like, but just the whole leaderboard. There's so many birdies for the actual difficulty of different type of difficulty to what we normally see on tour but um yeah pretty wild yeah cool i might have to see if i can check it out yeah uh last week we brought in the player radar yes and i think it went down pretty well i was pretty happy with it um pat man was a little uh a little upset with his what was it his mental game feedback yes <laughs> was it yeah <laughs> Uh, no, sorry. His, no, it wasn't. It was the last one. His uh, disc golf participation. He he was mad he didn't get any credit for being on the board for a year and helping getting grants and courses installed. Yawn, <laughs> yawn, yawn. <laughs> Pick up a disc, Pat. Let's go. <laughs> but um, we had a few people throw in some names, some good names, and I'm sure we'll get to everyone eventually. Yes. But... Um, Pat threw out a name and we thought maybe just because we picked on him first that we'll go with his name. Yeah, his suggestion. So what did, who, did ta- uh, who did Pat come up yeah, with? Yeah, uh, Taryn Anderson. Oh, love it. Old school Melbourne disc golfer. Good deal. Yeah. And so what, and what I like about this of, the most yeah. is like if, if, you know, his social media presence has taught me anything, he'll hear this episode in about three months. Yeah, exactly. So by then, <laughs> dust would have settled. Exactly. <laughs> Can't get in trouble. Yeah. What? Uh, let's remind everyone of our categories again. All right. So we've got scoring uh, from one to five, and every player that we rate will get uh, four categories um, that everyone will have, and then every player will get a fifth category uh, specially chosen just for them. Um, so our four um, mandatory categories are driving, putting, mental game, and card vibes. And uh, what's our fifth one that we're going for for Taz? The Taz-specific one is decision-making. Good one, good one. Yeah, we'll have to see whether that's going to be a a good or bad category for him. Yeah. But we'll start with uh, driving. We will. Just before we do, I I need to put a special shout-out. I feel like the other possibility for his special would have been approach um and oh he, he he's got it he's got some james james conrad ability i i have to say that he's probably uh, responsible for quite a few throw-ins that i've seen in my disc golf journey so uh just missed out we had to go with the decision making but he is capable of a good throw-in on an approach game Oh, a thousand percent. And to me, that's going to factor into the the putting category. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. All right. So driving, I went with, I went with three. I, did, I thought it's better than two and a half. I don't think he's a three and a half. I went with three. No, nah, I'm right there with you. He, uh, yeah, that doesn't do the big hyzers stuff much. Just sort of straight and and reasonably far. Forehand's pretty decent as well. I like that. He's he's got more of a bit of a flexi boy, more of a Mark Hardy style than a than a power heiser. But um, no, I'm 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 with you. I don't think he's got Pat covered, and we get a Pat of four, uh, right in the middle there for Taz with a three. Yeah, very serviceable off the tee. 
Uh, putting. Uh, let's mix it up. You go first. Putting. I'm. Uh, I'm going to give him the extra half a point. I'm going to go three and a half for putting because uh, he's definitely not a bad putter. I wouldn't categorize him as a good putter either. But his his ability to at least hit chains from circle two, circle three, circle four is ridiculous. So if any, he's he's such a good doubles partner. Anyone who hasn't uh, played around with Taron, uh, yeah, you're missing out. He and anyone who has, yeah, it's wild. It's wild how accurate he is. Just yeah, it's 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 still mostly like a putt form, but it's just hard and fast at it. And yeah, very good from circle two and and beyond. Uh, and then just sort of average for the rest so i'm giving him three and a half yep i'm gonna back that in i had i i had it in there as three um but then after i mentioned me throw-ins and you said that's gonna factor i was like yep this is gonna be a 3.5 and that's what you've gone with so we're in sync 3.5 yeah but both half uh yeah half point bonus for for impressive very impressive putting through that um what was next mental mental game um i've got Mm. i've gone two um, yeah. Now, sometimes, like being able to switch off, is a strength, but sometimes it is not. And I think he just maybe inverts that switch a little too far. Um, and I've gone two. Now I completely agree. He's got the he's got the the Jay Rosses about him, where suddenly he can be four down, and then you know when everyone else is even, and then all of a sudden he can be even. When everyone else got up to four down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, two two for me. And uh, card vibes. I'm uh, I'm chucking him right back in the middle again. Actually, I'm going to give him a half a point because he's old school. I'm, I'm going the three and a half for that. So, he's uh, he's not... Like, I don't have a barrel of laughs chilling with, with Taz like I do with... Uh, Pat man, but he definitely doesn't get all butt hurt like I do sometimes. And um, nah, he's good. So I, I, I give him a, a three, but I'm giving him a bonus point because he'd be doing it for a while. Yeah, um, I already, I already had him at three and a half as well. So that's crazy. Yeah. Um, he's just good for. Sometimes he's good for just like a random side story too. That like hundred percent that you know nothing about, but he knows everything about, and it's just like can interest you, and you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, yeah. And so yeah, that card vibe three and a no, half. I like that. And he's yeah. never, and he's um, although I've never seen, he's never been someone who's um, gonna bring you down either. Like even though Definitely he might not. go from minus four to plus four in two holes, um, he, I've he's never someone I've flagged as like um, a bummer to be with. So three and a half for me. Yep, sounds good. We're we're on this. Yeah, we, we don't rehearse this, folks. This is just <laughs> it's, where we're at. It's pretty good. All right, so to test it, like let's actually let's jinx this, right? On the count this of three, let's actually just say what we score Taz for decision making. All right, so on the yeah. count of three, we'll go. I'll go. How am I going to do this? I'll go uh, one, two, three, go. Uh, yeah. But I accept. I won't say go. I'll say the number. Yeah. All right. Yeah. One, two, three, one. One. <laughs> 
Oh, and it's I'm, I'm fully ready to justify it. So yeah. he just does some of the wildest shit. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's part of what makes <laughs> good card vibes. But uh, <laughs> he just real rollers, rollers when you don't want rollers. Yeah, and and can always be talked into a roller. Yeah, that's what easy, I love yeah, about it. Too easily peer pressured. Yeah. If you see any situation, you're like, fuck, has your roller go right here? You're like, oh, you reckon? Yeah. And it does it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And then, yeah, just some other wild stuff. And we, <laughs> yeah, we talked about his, his hot ability to, to punch it in from circle two or circle three. Uh, well, sometimes they miss and go real long. So you got to know when to do that and when not to. And uh, Taz just plays the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm firm, firm with that. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, it'll be very interesting once we do the math to figure out where that lines up. I'm just with, quickly uh, doing it. Pat, yeah, I'm quickly doing it now. So total there of uh, 13, um, which I'd have to go back and look at Insta. I reckon Pat might have pipped him by one. Did Pat get 14? Even It'd with very a, close. With, with a zero, it's close. I, I'll put Pat got a zero in his special category. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that def- definitely doesn't help. Yeah, but. Strong, uh, strong driving and good card vibes might have uh, might have put him over the might line. Might have got him over the line. All right, I'll put. I'll, I'll uh, make we'll a have social to post. Check, but for now, we'll call it. Pat is currently Melbourne's highest rated by throwers disc golfer. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so we need some more names. So we've got. Um, yeah, hit us up with some suggestions of who you want to see get rated next. And um, same, if you have a, if you think our ratings were way off, then let us know. Tell us what you think Tazas should have scored. Love that. Love that. So I think it's that time, uh, the podcast again, where we go spotlight, not light. I'm actually organised this week too. I've got mine. Oh, lovely. I, uh, I, don't, I definitely don't have a firm not light, which is unlike me. I normally find the not light pretty pretty quickly <laughs> at uh actually you know what i'm gonna roll with something all right let me just double check yeah you go while i um go with your spotlight while i double check that i'm uh i'm in the right helm right. realm here to throw out a, a pretty rough not like my spotlight uh this week um actually goes out to uh up and coming digital media mega group uh out of australia <laughs> uh called parked media so um, a few of their boys have been mentioned in all of our episodes and a couple today. We've mentioned Kyle, um, we've mentioned Ash, and um, Phil, Phil's been a favourite of ours uh, in previous episodes. And um, they're on to something here and uh, producing some, you know, post-produced uh, coverage of different tournaments. And I know that uh, Queensland is on their radar in the uh, up-and-coming uh, Australian tour events. So... Um, good work. Obviously, all that stuff's voluntary, um, and they put together a really good product. And um, the graphics we uh, we would have spoken about it after the Vic Open were, you know, pretty mint. Um, and I look forward to seeing more of their coverage moving forward. Park Media for my spotlight. Sounds very good. Beautiful. So, mine goes to a friend of the show. So I was just casting my eye over. The Swedish Amateur Open presented by Casterplast. Yes. 
and I couldn't help but notice. No idea why he's there, but good friend of the show, Don Carter, is competing, well, competed in the MA4 division and took it out. Got the W, Don himself. That is a big Got get. the W. It is. So out there in Sweden, like I said, no idea why he's there. Uh, can't imagine he's got his full bag. But, um, yeah, no juniors. So he said, you know what? Let's go for it. I'll play MA4. And played well above his rating. Yeah, so, that's big. Um, yeah, three pretty good rounds there. Got him the W by a stroke over Richard Hjorlade. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and a handful of other MA4 people I have no idea. 20 people in the division, so... I've definitely never won it. I've definitely never won a division with 20 people in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Four, four is really my sweet spot. <laughs> but um, now, well done by Don. That rating will just keep going up and up, I think. And oh, bang. As I check it then, it went up 18 points. He's he's up to 8.15 and he's really starting to roll. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, God, so, good get good. by you. That's a good spotlight. I know. Uh, Bloody had that earlier in the week, and I forgot about it. Well done. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we'll catch him in the big wet. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. All right, not lights. Um, now, I feel like this is not the first time we've done this, and it can be a bit of a curse <laughs> to get spotlighted because it maybe put you in the fiery line to later down the track to be not lighted. Now, um, I'm going to just open up and say that um, this person – who I'm about to not light was actually the handicap winner of the Ballarat event um, on the weekend, shooting a cool 93 points above his rating. But obviously, that's not a reason to be not lighted. The reason young Riley Maple is being not lighted is because he rocked up to the Melton Casual event and went birdie free, not a single birdie on the Melton track and shot a cool plus nine. That is not good enough. Okay? You are better than that, Riley. You are so much better than that. Um, you can't go birdie free at your home track. So um, born and bred Melton, doesn't live there currently, but he's got to do better. Um, I not like this week goes to Riley Maple. Ah, that's good. That's good. I do like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny that you sort of mentioned that because uh, <laughs> I was I was half disappointed with. Um, I'm not going to go a full night light with it, but I was half disappointed with uh, Glenn Maisie's results in Ballarat after giving him a pretty good shout out for coming good. <laughs> but I had to look at it. I'm like, it's not worth. It's it's definitely not enough to. to sh- it's not <laughs> plus nine it. At Melton, so um, I'll let that one slip. Uh, I got nothing, man. I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to find some stuff to hate on. This is good. Nah, this and this evens you out because you had um you had a week where you didn't have a spotlight and you told Melbourne to be better and maybe <laughs> maybe Melbourne had just been better and now you don't have a not light. No, I like it. Let's go with that. Yeah, sounds good. Good job, Melbourne. <laughs> good job. Exactly. Um, no league days this weekend. Uh, oh, and the what? biggest, well, the biggest, we, we missed the biggest spotlight. Yep. Was that our good friend, Jacob Cruden, got married oh. on the weekend uh, to someone far better than him. So, well done, Jacob, and not light to Haddock, because what are you doing? 
not like Tana for continually rating me, uh, rating us as off fairway on our Instagram. We cop yeah, one every week, well. and it's always Anna. But yeah, beautiful <laughs> event, uh, beautiful venue, beautiful couple, uh, and uh, they're off on their honeymoon. I think so. I hope they're listening to this on they their honeymoon. Are. They better be. They better. They got nothing else to do. Yeah, they are off to Europe. I wonder if they're going to do a European tour event. They might check in with Baby. They, they get some binoculars and go check him out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very nice. Cool. All right, well, I think that wraps it up again. Um, I think we've done three weeks in a row now. We're, it's, we're starting to get a habit here. Huge. And uh, we've uh, kept it under an hour, so Jacob will be happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if we, if we shut up now, it should be all right. <laughs> cool. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out, guys.